Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. Hello, friends, and welcome to Siren Soapbox. We have a very special episode for you today. However, first things first, we have a new siren with us trying on her light orange tail. TC, please introduce us to our new siren. So tonight, our guest siren is Sarah Murray, and she has been my friend, I think, since 2007. So Mm -hmm. close to 14 years. And she um, has been married to my brother, not nearly as long. And so clearly this is the more important relationship, but um, (laughs) she's also a diver. We're very excited to have her on today. So Sara, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Well, I am married to my uh, clearly second best friend, Bill, because (laughs) there is also Tracy. Um, yes, I'm a diver, um, and I've become quite a lazy diver lately because it does take a lot of work to put all of that stuff on, um, but I don't do a very good job talking about myself, so I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Mysterious. We can like talk it. about that later. <laughs> that was perfect. Welcome aboard, Sarah. As promised, we have a special episode, and it Thank totally you. sums up a lot of the episodes we've been having lately. With every episode since 2021 started, the sirens have been going down the power of positivity rabbit hole. And each has had its own unique takeaway. With The Secret, we learn to act as if you're already living the life that you want. With Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, we learn that what's good for you is good for the universe. With Cha-Cha-Cha Changes, we discussed what we learned through starting a podcast with your friends and setting boundaries. Begin with yes, our biggest motivation and continued inspiration. We learned to take the next small step. And with meditation, we learned to take should out of our vocabulary and how to get over, under, around, or through the barriers that block us. Now here we are halfway through the year and we found a book that encompasses all of our lessons along the way and more with Queen of Your Own Life, the grown-up woman's guide to claiming happiness and getting the life you deserve. The sirens are each going to get on their two-minute soapbox to answer the most important question from the book. What do we want to let go of from the first half of our lives and what is no longer working? What do we want to keep and take with with us in the second half of our life? And if the topic gets too intense, what is the safe word, sirens? Mango. Mango. First up on her soapbox is myrrh. So I forgot that that's what we were doing for our soapbox and I wrote something a little different and it goes like this. I fell in love with the book um, when I read these words, queen of your own life is a philosophy, a decision and an invitation to happiness. And that was the second sentence of the introduction. I kept reading, unable to put the book down, not only because I only (laughs) allowed myself two days to read it, But the words that these two friends put to paper truly did speak to me. I love the idea of celebrating life and celebrating my happiness. In fact, for my 40th birthday party, I threw a cheers to 40 years party. 
And we did a blind beer tasting and it was a ton of fun. I've always celebrated my age and I have never felt sad for growing older. Um, so that's something that I want to continue to take with me, just enjoying my life and enjoying the growth. So let's see, I, uh, it did truly feel like I was reading a book um, written by friends. And just as you would expect from your friends, I did feel a I, I got a nudge in some areas or regarding some areas of my life where I feel like I need to do some work, especially setting boundaries. So discussing, you know, what do I want to leave behind? What do I want to banish? I need to, I need to work on boundaries. Um, the problem is, so I, I often say yes when I mean no, because I feel like I say no a lot. No is a dear friend of mine. Um, but when I do say yes, it, I, I, I tend to hold some resentment and I'm not, I feel like I'm not very kind to people sometimes. So that's one thing that I'm going to banish is resentment and the not being kind to the people I love. So the more I read this book, the more excited I became for my own crowning ceremony. And I even ran out and bought a paper crown to decorate, which I did slightly. Um, I, I just am really, ex I felt I finished the book feeling inspired and excited to do some growing and to prepare for my coronation with all my friends. And I'm thankful to Cindy and Kathy for that. I'm thankful that they thought to share this philosophy, this decision and invitation to happiness with all of us. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with other women I know and love. And with that, I'll send it off to TC. Thank you, Mer. So this book came into my life with such good timing. Um, I'm in the midst of one of the most difficult year, actually the most difficult year of work in my life. And it's having an impact on other areas of my life. I'm sure I'm not alone in this situation as COVID has impacted many of us in lots of ways. But over the past week, as I was reading this book, I was faced with deciding if I was going to return to my current place of work. I had five days to sign a contract for employment for next year. Today was day five. A part of the book that really spoke to me. I'm the protector of my realm. I choose to armor myself with optimism and the faith that everything will be all right, no matter what, because my life experience has shown me that. I practice finding joy in the everyday details of my life and believing I am worthy of abundance. What I love about this quote and about the book is that it doesn't tell me what to do. The book certainly doesn't give me advice on whether to keep my job or to quit and move on, but it does help me think about how I move forward with either decision. It reminds me that I get to choose to armor myself with optimism and faith. So I signed my contract today and I had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with my boss about how I felt and told him that it was a very difficult decision for me. It's going to be a year of lessons. I might need to read and reread parts of this book throughout the course of the year, but I am plowing ahead. My next step is to queen up and confront the Huns. I've been expending way too much emotional energy and anxiety on the Huns. Over the next week or two, I'm going to reread chapter six, identify my lady in waiting, and I already think I know who she is. Then I'm going to plan my conversation with the main Hun and bookend it with a VP of tone check. 
this will take some courage, but life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. And that's a quote from Anais Nin in the book. In the end, I know that if I do what's best for me, then I do what's best for everyone. Next up is guest siren, Sarah. You're muted, Sarah. You're on mute, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs were barking, so I had to, I had to mute. But the dogs have stopped watching, I think. Anyway, hello everyone. Um, first, I would like to say again, thank you so much for having uh, having me as a guest on your podcast. Um, I'm very excited, um, actually nerve-sighted, which yes, is a new word. I made it up today and I know everybody liked it already. Um, I'm very excited to be here, um, not just to be part of this cool podcast, but also because I'm a blankety, blankety, blank show fan. And <laughs> I'm here with you, Kathy. I'm very excited. I feel almost famous. Um, in fact, I remember being very excited for uh, Tracy and the rest of the sirens when she was telling us about how you were going to be on here, and I can't believe I'm here. Um, so, um, in the interest of full disclosure, and though I don't think that this is like one of those mango type full disclosure moments or anything like that, um, I think first of all, everybody should know, um, and I think I already demonstrated when you asked to introduce myself, because excuse me, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, I'm absolutely not comfortable with talking in public, uh, nor am I comfortable when meeting new people. So talking in front of a group of mostly new people is just a few light years out of my comfort zone. So congratulations, Sirens. You have definitely outdone yourself with this. In <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, but seriously, this was um, actually totally the universe at work. <clears throat> It's like the universe told the sirens, hey, sirens, um, how about you find the perfect example of someone who can benefit the most from reading this book? <clears throat> because I'm quite sure I am, drum roll, the queen <clears throat> of the banish column. No, really my banish list is quite long. And as I added to it after reading each chapter, I realized that many of the things that I'm afraid of, strong term I know, but it's pretty accurate, stem from these things that I'd like to let go of from the first half of my life. Even preparing my soapbox has been a prime example of my, um, of my behaviors being driven by my banished list. I find in many aspects of my life, I feel things need to be perfect. Uh, I'm talking about everything from speeches, uh, papers written in school, resumes, scrapbooks, uh, home decorating, home improvements, you name it. Um, even, even finding flowers for the flower pots out of my front porch. Um, it'll take me hours to find the right flowers and they're still not the right flowers. And I think everybody else's flower pot looks better than mine. So I end up not having a flower pot. <clears throat> um, as a result, I end up not starting the project, stressing like crazy over the paper and on and on, um, which could be why I have about a hundred scrapbook ideas, boxes and files, but maybe three or four scrapbooks. So reading queen of my own life has been pretty eye-opening and I thank you all. Uh, on to Jess. Thanks so much, Sarah. So yeah, I I loved this book from the beginning. Um, just the total idea of it I thought was pretty great. Um, not so much because of aging. I'm I'm totally fine with with getting older because you know that means you're paying off bills and things like that. So you know, student loans and house loans and things like that. So um, you know, I'm totally fine with that part of it. But um, I loved the idea of finding your own happiness and choosing your own happiness in the 
the categories, the this, this seven gifts, I like lists. Um, so to me, it was like a checklist. Like I'm gonna go through this and I'm gonna check things off. Um, but setting boundaries is something that I'm definitely going to work on. Like Mara and I can be buddies on this. We'll, we'll both work <laughs> on that. Um, but also just the idea of the second half of your life being the best half. Um, I have always been met with the question of, oh, do you have kids? No. Oh, well, how old are you? Um, and then when I answer that, it's like, oh, well, tick tock, tick tock. And which is just a rude question anyway, <laughs> but um, I don't know if I can have kids. So I've never really set my heart to it, but I do want to someday. So the idea of not, you know, like, oh, you, you haven't done that yet. You haven't checked that off your list yet. Like, you know, that's, that's not your business. So setting those boundaries, not letting other people tell me what my happiness is going to be, that kind of thing. Um, one of my best friends just had a baby. She's two weeks older than me, which I like to point out to her. Um, and she got hit at the doctor's office. Everybody just, oh, the advanced maternal age. So <laughs> she's kind of been like my sounding board of how this is going to go when I get to that point in my life. But I love the idea of not looking at older women as being older. Um, in many cultures, gray hair is dignified. When I went to China with my family, there were lots of people taking pictures of my mom because she has the classic silver hair, which means she's older and wiser. Um, so I, I just loved that idea too. So um, I do love the fact that I have already, I feel like checked off the list, my great group of support friends, um, <clears throat> sirens, um, <laughs> and um, just people that I know are going to tell me when I'm being out of line and um, help me find my happiness. So uh, that's about all I have for tonight. Uh, with that, it's off to Siren LC. Well, thank you, Jess. Well, um, I want to say where has this book been my entire life, but um, it's been out for over a decade and I suppose that it wouldn't have been as influential a few years ago, um, but it did come into my life exactly at the moment that I needed it to. Last year, I left my dream career as a diver and that I literally poured my heart, soul and lots of time into for 16 years, working my way up all the way from a volunteer. Uh, I felt as though this job was my entire identity and that's where I felt found myself worth. I turned 40 this year and I have to admit there are times that I feel like I am washed up and my ship for a satisfying career has sailed. Why? Uh, because I live in the US and being young and beautiful is all that matters. And once you're over the hill, you might as well find an iceberg to float away on. So society will have us believe that um, we're too old to start over. And what I love about this book is that it reminds us that society is full of shit and life is what you make of it. I really related to Cindy a lot in this book when she compared herself to others at the dance recital and over losing her career. And I will say that I adore Kathy's vision of God in a business room overseeing um, her and making sure she's cared for. Also their first fight and about setting boundaries uh, really, hit close to home as we are navigating this new podcast. And something that I want to let go of that's not working for me is building walls. And I'm not talking about boundaries, I'm talking about blockades. 
about not letting people in and overworking myself and not focusing on what really matters. What I want to keep in my life is being true to myself and being comfortable in my own skin. I wish I was as comfortable as I am now as when I was 18 years old in a size six. I thought it was huge then. I want to keep following the nudges and leading with love. So that, that is my soapbox. And now I have the honor of introducing our listeners to our special guests, the Queens, Kathy and Cindy. Welcome to our podcast. Whoa, I am not done yet, Mary. I can't just say it. Uh, we got Sydney, Cindy Ratzlaff during her 35 plus years as a marketing executive with Simon and Schuster and Roddale, Sydney created branded marketing and PR campaigns that ushered more than 200 books into the New York Times bestseller list. She is also an author of inspirational books for women and her essays on happiness have appeared at numerous sites on the web, including Oprah.com and CNN.com. Kathy Kidney is an actress who is probably best known for her role as Mimi on the long-running show, Drew Carey Show. Kathy has appeared in numerous films and TV shows. She is the co-author of three motivational books for women and also the star and co-creator of the award-winning website, mrsp.com, which promotes literacy, creativity, and the joy of reading for children. Please give a very warm welcome to the queens of their own life, Cindy and Kathy. Welcome! Now it's time! (laughs) (laughs) We're so happy to be here. I mean, it's four o'clock in the afternoon here, and I feel like I'm really accomplishing something. So (laughs) four o'clock in the afternoon, you think, oh, you know, a cup of tea and a cookie and read your book. But so I don't know. I thought about taking a nap at four o'clock today when it was four o'clock here It's seven 20 here. So I didn't, that was, wow. the, that was the whole story. When you guys were talking about our, our book, you know, I thought I'd like to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, wait a minute. You have read it 8 billion times because Cindy wrote it, you know, and it, and it's just, um, all we ever did and all we've ever done on the, cause you know, we have our own live event is just uh, write about and talk about what we need to hear. And it just proves the point that we've always said, which is we are all more alike than different. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. There's something uh, we've all, uh, my, you know, mine is, I, I think that I had below sea level self-esteem totally below sea level self-esteem and that would always be the thing that I would want to let go and um and I think Cindy and I both agree the thing we always want to bring with us every year is our sense of humor and what what were you thinking that you wanted to let go this year Cindy well I I think that um the thing that I most wanted to let go of is uh fear I mean, it's always fear. I, when you all were talking about the book, I was, uh, it I made me cry because <laughs> we, first of all, it made me cry that what we wrote uh, touched you and that you understood it and that it, it meant something to you. And it also made me cry because I, I realized that even though we wrote it in 2010, um, I need to reread it all the time for myself. I mean, we wrote it and I still need to tell those things to myself. Um, I am, 
I am fearful. I forget that I'm a brave, courageous, incredible woman who's accomplished all kinds of stuff. Um, and every single time I try something new, I'm afraid again. Uh, and, and so I have, to, I have to constantly say to myself, it's okay to be afraid and to still take a step forward and do it anyway. Um, and then when I do, I look back and I go, good for you. That was awesome. <laughs> but I'm still afraid, but I'm still afraid every time. Um, so, sorry, you know, but, uh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, and the thing I want to take forward is I've always survived because I have a sense of humor and I'm able to see the humor in the darkest days. I'm able to see the humor in the irony of, of fate. <laughs> I'm, I'm able to see the humor uh, when, when everything is, uh, you know, when, it, when everything seems like there won't be humor anymore. And I really love that about myself. That's really, I, I think that laughter is so important and I, it's healing. I, we've, I've read something recently. I don't know what it was. Somebody, um, oh gosh somebody healed themselves from some disease by buckling down and watching comedies and just laughing and like laughing it out. I don't know. I'll have to find what I'm talking about, but I, I read that somewhere or I watched it on a documentary. I can't believe you read that and didn't send it to me. Might've been so in a documentary. I, I only watch comedies. I don't watch anything else because I feel like life brings you enough of the other stuff. Yep. So if I'm going to choose something, it's going to make me feel happy and laugh. When, That's I, when I, I read fantasy fiction, I yeah. always want uh, all the characters in the story to be either fairies or <laughs> goblins or, you know, something that doesn't exist so that it can uh, take me completely out of myself and I can't identify in any way except the struggle. <laughs> when I first got on the Drew Carey show, I remember, you know, they put us in these little trailers that were our dressing rooms and I was just sitting in there saying to myself why you know why do you have this foolish job you're you're a comedian on tv that's ridiculous you should uh you should be uh, helping mother Teresa. she was still alive then you should be helping mother Teresa and you know f going to india and help feeding the masses and and yes, and then you'd, the food wouldn't be very good and you'd probably lose a lot of weight and you'd be really thin. And then you could, and I was like, no, 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 that's not <laughs> the point, you know? And someone had given me a book of stories of people's lives. And so I said, well, I'm going to open this book and whatever story it is, that's going to mean something to me. And I opened it up and it was uh, a woman who had a son who had been burned over three quarters of his body. He was in the hospital. And it was from the nurse's point of view. Every day, this woman would come and she would stop at the front desk and she would tell them some funny story of something that had happened to her. And then she'd go from room to room and she always had something uh, pleasant and comedic to say. And the end of the, the story was, God bless the comedians among us. And I burst into tears. Oh. Yes, it's so important. Comedy, <laughs> you know. And I just kind of, I never looked back. Mm -hmm. And because um, I, I'm not the person that you want to care for your sick and elderly. I don't have that kind of patience, you know. I really, but um, but I can be funny and I can entertain them. And 
I think the thing that Cindy and I, you know, the whole the whole book came from the experience that Cindy had lost this job that very much defined her. And that was really prestigious because she was really good at what she did in it. She lost it through no fault of her own, you know, just the company reorganizing. And um, the, the realization that we were at this point in our lives where we were being told we were crones, you know, crones and and saying it like crone and i thought oh maybe i don't know what a crone is and i looked it up and i it was you know a, like a a uh, knobbly old woman who sits in the corner and you know scratches herself or whatever it was <laughs> we didn't and they said this is a time when you need to take yourself away from your family so that you don't harm them like what you know, oh my gosh, menopause we, evil. Yeah, menopause, you know, I mean, and we spent a lot of time talking about it. And that's when we decided that we, we didn't want to be the crone scratching herself in the corner. We wanted to be the queen, the queen of our own life. And because uh, if man's king of the castle, you know, and, and, you know, and from reading the book, the whole, and then from that point, it was Cindy saying, I wish that I could be the girl that I was at 18 who um, had the courage to sell her bike and take that money and move from Minneapolis to New York. And because I had known her for so long, I could say, you still are that girl. Because sometimes you can't see it in yourself, but it's really Maybe. important to have someone in your life that you trust, who uh, loves you unconditionally, who's watching you live so that you can say, hey, how am I doing? And, and they could say, you know, pretty good. Or <laughs> you might want to rethink the, you know, whatever. Work but, on that. Work on that. It's so important to have that. And that's, you know, that's the relationship that Cindy and I have. And uh, even though I hated her so much, you know, when I first met her and sometimes that's what happens. And I mean, that's part of it. It's so great to see you all here. And Sarah, I, I get what you're saying about public speaking and, uh, you know, just the terror. And, and Cindy, like she said, she she can relate to it. I'm at that point in my life where I feel like the relationship that I've built with myself, I feel like I have my own back. Mm -hmm. Very little embarrasses me, very little. And, and, and if I was a little embarrassed, I'd make a joke and I'd get out of it, you know. But when you have your own back and you say, there's nothing that anyone can say or do that could, that will hurt me because I won't allow them. It, it fills you with this power. You get to claim your personal, unique beauty and your power and just stand up and go, what the hey, yeah. you know? I, I do a lot of public speaking or I did in this year before uh, COVID. And uh, before every single speech that I give, I'm paralyzed by fear. I absolutely, uh, I'm paralyzed by I'm too fat, I'm too old. I what if I, what if my speech isn't interesting? What if people don't get what they wanted from it when they came here? What if I wasted their time? And I, I now have a habit of simply calling Kathy and bleh, you know, dumping all my anxiety on her and then her just saying, uh, you've never failed once at any of these things. You always have your own back. You know your material and everybody's fascinated by what you say. So just get over it and do it and call me as soon as you're done. 
have this thing called nice. bookending. And um, if she's going to do something like that, has a, some public speaking thing, she can call me up and say, oh, it's going to happen. And I'm feeling like this terror and everything. And I go, just like that. And, and sorry, this is that thing. I, I know from Cindy, because I've known her so long, she, she never let herself down. She doesn't, uh, she gets in her own way right up until that moment where the light hits her. And then she never lets herself down. And so I'll say, just do it. And then call me back and let me know how it went. And then yeah. she'll do that. And, you know, now that we've been doing this for years, she doesn't have to call me before or after. She doesn't have to do a lot of- I still of like to though. I still <laughs> like to her. Yeah, she still does. But this this whole thing, years and years ago, there was a psychic and uh, we were in a comedy group and everybody said, uh, oh, I'd love to meet that psychic and talk to her. And then it was like, boom, boom, boom. suddenly she was at the door. We were at a rehearsal and everybody said, oh, I want to, except for me, I was sitting on the couch like, and everybody said, I really want to get together with you. I really want to get together. So she went around, she asked everybody what their birthday was. And when she came to me, she said, what's your birthday? And I said, November, she said, you're going to have everything you ever wanted. And I was like, and then everybody else made appointments and she left. I had a great show that night, you know, because I knew I was going to have everything I wanted. Nice. So of course, Cindy goes to see her and the woman says, spends the whole time talking about me, and, which was really annoying to Cindy. And we still kind of <laughs> laugh about it. But, but the one thing that okay. she- Tell Kathy, tell Kathy. Yeah, tell, <laughs> tell Kathy this. And what the bottom line of the whole thing was, tell Kathy, if she gets out of her own way, She's gonna have everything she wanted. And, and I thought, well, of course, but what? I had no idea what that meant. Get out of your own way. I mean, think about it. Do you really know what that means? Because that's truly what it takes to have everything that you wanted. You just get out of your own way and you just slowly walk through that fear. And on the other side of that fear is everything you ever wanted. You know. And I remember, and she also told Cindy, who was about to leave on a cruise you're, and you're going to have a great cruise. But of course that last night there was like a fire on the ship and they all had to sit in their life jacket and their pajamas in the lifeboat all night. So it might not have been the best, you know, fortune I mean, that makes an interesting story though. Right. So was yeah. the cruise really that bad? It, it, it was uh, the first six days were fantastic. And the last day it was on fire. <laughs> you know, literally on fire at sea. It was on fire and, and it was an it's engine fire and we literally had to sit in the lifeboats and they had to tow us back to port. Oh my God. <laughs> That's such a unique adventure. If that hadn't yeah. happened, it would have been like every other cruise, but I it know. was not. And then, and then when they got off, they gave us a 10% discount on the next cruise. Oh, <laughs> nice. oh there you go. <laughs> Which I never used. Never. <laughs> that was, was going to be my next question. <laughs> she also told Cindy to be aware of blow to the back of the head which <laughs> i know she's still waiting for so yeah. <laughs> eventually that will come i'm convinced of it you know what for us uh the process of aging has certainly uh been exciting and i i remembered that when i was little that i used to wake up and say it's day number and i you know my math skills have always been slippery but i'd be like eight thousand three hundred and ninety five you know <laughs> days into my adventure of being alive and um i remembered that you know not uh, right before we started writing the book that i used to think that life was an adventure when did i lose that yeah because that's the thing when did i lose that and so 
now everything in my life is an adventure from uh, friendship to working to not working to anything medical, you know, have a medical adventure. Yeah. And uh, life is so much more interesting. And also for us, the understanding that um, you don't have to be 21 to have your whole life ahead of you. Life starts anew whenever you say it does. And um, I had a friend uh, that I called that I used to go to high school with. And she said, you don't understand because uh, I'm not like you or any of the, our other friends. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not good enough and I'm not smart enough and I'm not this. And, and I was trying to think of what that, I know there's a phrase and I was trying to think it. And I said to Cindy, you know, what is, and she remembered that it's terminal uniqueness. If you're thinking that you're uh, not good enough, not as good as anyone else, you're lying to yourself. Because again, we are all more alike than different. It's and a it's great old 12 step um, phrase yeah. because it, it, it really just means you, you, you tend to get stuck in your problems and think that your problems are different and more special and more dangerous and more horrible than anyone else's on the planet. And you just can't get past them because you're actually in love with your problems. Not that you really love the problem, but you're in love with the drama of it. In some way, you're holding it too close to yourself. It's just and a bad habit. Yeah, and, and terminal uniqueness is just a bad habit that you can leave behind and not take forward with you. I, I had a friend that she always said, uh, you know, no, nobody's life was as bad as hers, as difficult, as dramatic, as whatever, you know. And finally, it just occurred to me, and one day I said to her, you know, if God came down and stood in front of you and said, you are exactly the same as everyone else, you really don't have these problems. You'd go, well, but I do. I really, <laughs> you know, there's no authority, no faith at all in her world. And that's that's the thing, you know? I mean, it, it doesn't really matter what your basis of faith is. Uh, you know, it, it what matters is that you have faith, that you have survived so much to, mm -hmm. and you're still here and you will survive the rest of it because that's what we do yeah and your choice how you're gonna survive it and Cindy well, that. I was gonna say one of the things that that Kathy and I've always believed is that we're lifelong learners mm -hmm. you know and and I, that's why I really admire what you guys are doing you're lifelong learners and and uh if you are you wake up with a sense of or you you can access a sense of excitement about learning something new um, I've, I've done a few things that scared the yayas out of me. Um, <laughs> when I think about, uh, you know, diving, it scares the heck out of me and I've never done it, but now you're like inspiring me. But I, I zip lined once over the bay in Montreal and I got up to the top of the thing with all my equipment on and all you have to do is let go and then gravity takes you down. They had to shove me off of the, the thing. I couldn't do it. I had a death grip on the railing and I could not make my hands let go. And, and then of course I screamed like a psychopath all the way down. And then I got to the bottom and I couldn't stand up because my legs were rubber and I really wanted to do it again. <laughs> 
Are you paying attention, Mary? I, I was. Okay. I was. Wait, no, I have a, I have a very, I have, I have a fear of heights and zip lining is one of the ways we're thinking about, um, tackling that fear. <laughs> it's, I mean, it really, I know it's safe, but you know, I keep thinking, yeah, well, says but you, somebody Sydney. falls, don't they? I mean, sometimes somebody makes, I mean, I can't, I bet you there's not a single zip lining company out there that'll guarantee it a hundred percent. Right. So I feel the same <laughs> way about roller coasters. You know, I'm, I'm convinced that my roller coaster seat will be the one where the handle flies up and I, I fling myself out into space. So I hate roller coasters, but I did it and you can do it too. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I tried to interrupt you earlier, what I was going to say is Tracy always reminds me that you have to be afraid in order to be brave. So what, you know, being afraid to do those things and then plowing through and doing them anyway, just makes you brave. Right. Yeah. And that's does. one of my four, one of my four words that I chose for my crest. I think it makes you courageous. I think I, I, yeah. like a, for me, courageous is a more well-rounded word. It, uh, it, cause courage is the, is the desire. It's, it's the, it's an action. Brave mm-hmm. is a thing. And courage is an action to me i like that i i wish you courage (laughs) and that's why i think it it takes a lot of courage to let go of perfectionism yeah and uh that one of the things that we finally figured out is that perfectionism and being a human being it's fatal it's just (laughs) fatal yeah yeah and that you know I mean, I have that, I was a stage manager in college and a, a carpenter in the scene shop. And that's how, that was my work study. And uh, I just, I came from this Martha Stewart, like perfection thing. And, and it was so painful. And, and then in the end, I realized there were things that I did that weren't perf- perfect, but I did them for myself, like arrange things behind me. Because I like the way they look, not because I care what you think, but I go, I like that. So that's different, honoring yourself. But that perfection, uh, my cousin is coming to visit. And the good news about that was it made me get off my bottom and wash off the Christmas decorations that I had stenciled on the patio windows. You know, <laughs> I might not have done that if I hadn't had the, I, had, and I know they're like looking at the snowflakes and the pine. <laughs> like, I don't care, but if your family's coming, you know, I'm like, right. wash those stencils off. That <laughs> was a totally different thing. story. But I don't, I just want to be, my goal is to just be, who I am, my, you know, I hate to even say authentic self, uh, as close to 100% of the time as I can be, you know, a loving friend, but an annoying friend, you know, yeah. uh, a, a someone who, if you, if I invite you over to my house, you know, by God, you're going to get a cloth napkin if I'm serving food. That's just the way I am. You're never going to get a paper plate and a paper napkin unless it's the 4th of July. You know, there's just things that I do because I like to do them, but I don't do them anymore because I'm worried about what you're going to think about me. Because the truth is, it's none of my business. And it's that thing about, 
you know, you can't get your feelings hurt unless you let someone hurt your feelings. So, and for us, it was, you know, when we did this whole thing, the first time we were in Prague, because I used to make these trips and drag Cindy there. So even though she lost, just lost her job and she was sitting at home on the sofa, eating potato chips and answering the phone, like, hello, welcome to Walmart. How may I help you? Either the vice president of a company or I'm working at Walmart. You know? Greeter, greeter at Walmart, by yeah. the way. <laughs> you know, we'll take care of ourselves. If, if we, you know, if we lost everything, you'd see us at Walmart welcoming people and handing out carts, yeah. you know? And um, so the first time this happened, we were in Prague and, uh, and we got to talk it through. And again, because we had known each other for so long, yep. we were able to, every night we would let go of something mm-hmm. and we'd bring something forward. And that's still the basis of my New Year's Eve where yeah. I invite everybody over and we pass around cards and we write down what we want for ourselves for the new year and, and what we want to let go. And then we, we pass around the talking candle and, and everybody gets a candle, you know, and um, growing stronger as you get older is, is the great gift. Mm-hmm. It's the great gift. And Kathy and I love to travel together. And we've, as she likes to say, our our significant others do not love to travel with us. Um, So, or or they don't like to travel. We don't know which, but uh, (laughs) we have been to some of the most romantic cities in the world together. (laughs) And, and we want to keep doing that as we get older. We have a, we have a huge bucket list of places that we want to go. And uh, so our, our goals over the years as we age have changed and they've, they've changed in, in only slightly. And, and, and the one physical goal we have for ourselves is, and we keep repeating this, upright and mobile. We just wanna stay upright and mobile so that we can continue to have the choice to do all the things that we wanna do. As long as we're upright and mobile, uh, it doesn't even matter if we have all our marbles, we can still go. <laughs> We've done it. We've taken. We've, we've, just, we've actually done it. You could just pin like a your yeah. name and address name to is, your shirt, and is. then as you wander off too far, someone exactly. will ship you back where you belong. Return well, me to this hotel. That's what. Exactly. Thing. And every human being on the planet, you know, carries a computer in their pocket, you know, via their phone, and so you can't ever really be lost. Right. I agree. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> Did I, did I mention that I haven't had self-service all day long on this island? And it's going to be, it's going to be shut off until sometime tomorrow. We don't know that when. Is, that's like, oh my gosh. It's yeah. crazy. It's weird to suddenly have to adjust and deal with life with no cell phone. Yeah. So I hope power on your, out for two months. <laughs> yeah. I hope on your bucket list, you guys have St. Croix because well now we do places no, amazing. You. <laughs> no, there. but I, I think that you know the bottom line of this whole discussion as you all know is that it's an inside job yeah you know yeah. if you're feeling less than or unhappy I mean unless of course it's true chemical and you know then you just need to to bite the bullet and get the help that you need but 
if it's just you beating yourself up or telling yourself a fake story, like, oh, I'm not good enough and nobody wants to, you know, hear me say this or that, you know, it's just as easy to go, wow, I have so much to say and uh, I'm going to say it. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a choice. And some, somewhere along the line, we fell into the bad habit of making the negative choice and right. beating ourselves up and that negative voice. I did a book club once um, where people were re reading our book and the woman that hostess was the hostess said, she kept saying, WWKD. <laughs> what would Kathy do? Yes. <laughs> and it freaked awesome. me out. You know? Isn't it supposed to be, what would Mimi say? Probably. <laughs> Mimi, but, you know. Mimi was very bold and you know I've known Kathy for a long time and, and she likes to say that <clears throat> she gave Mimi a little of hu her humanity and you know Mimi gave her a lot of spunk. <laughs> yep. And that's one of those things see there are <clears throat> gifts everywhere. I'm not saying that was the easiest job in the world. It wasn't and I worked oh, at sure it. It was hard for years. you nine years. You have no idea. I won't go into it someday. You know, someone will do the expose, but you know, it was a difficult job, but what I got from it was I had to build up my ability to take care of myself, to have my own back in a situation that was very competitive and weird. And, um, and I did it. And, and the courage that I got from playing Mimi. But now, how did I know how to play Mimi? Well, you know, Cindy, Cindy never liked to do anything by herself. So the entire time we we're in New York, every time she got a job, she'd make them hire me, only I had no skills. You know? <laughs> so, working at the American Psychiatric Association, you know. We, were, we worked at the American Psychiatric Association and we were, it was a two person or three person office and the other person hardly ever came in and we had to there was this is pre-computers so we had to type up all of these uh, reports and file them and and everything and Kathy didn't type and she relatively early <laughs> just moved there from Wisconsin and she had you know a pair of coveralls and a pair of flip-flops mm -hmm. and so she would come in in the morning with a candy bar and a can of coke and lay on the sofa and entertain the crap out of me while I <laughs> all the work and did all the work. I, I, you know, I was a fast typist and I didn't mind and I just wanted her there. Yeah. So I'd say, Do you want me to type that up? And she go, no, no. <laughs> and it was, and now I'm actually a brilliant typist. I've She's got, really good now. Yeah. But from years of, cause then Cindy moved to CBS at and the broadcast moved to CBS. brought me there. Actually, the, when we worked at CBS television, um, we worked in the, uh, planning and administration department so all the contracts and things like that a real dry kind of office oh yeah but, but kathy and i ruled that office like mimi ruled you know the drew mm -hmm. carey show we i i honestly think that might have been the uh you know it was genesis of of the mimi thing because we'd be we'd be just typing and everything and someone who was less than our boss you know lower than our boss would come in and ask us to do something and we'd just go no yeah. <laughs> and we, we worked with a guy who was was doing a screenplay at the time he was writing a screenplay and it was the only reason he took the job so he'd have a, a, a typewriter and a, a xerox machine 
and the phone would be right there and his, his boss's office was right behind him and the phone would ring and ring and ring and ring and then he'd just pick it up and put it back down on the cradle and keep typing, <laughs> pick it up, put it back down on the cradle. Finally, his boss would come up and go, Bill, I, I think someone's trying to reach me, but every time I answer the phone, it's, it's you know, dead. And Bill would go, I'll, I'll put in a call to see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> we, we ruled the place, we did. But that, they still it, talk about it. They're afraid of us still. <laughs> because of Cindy, see, everything is a gift. I'm a really good typist now. And, uh, and what I learned from Cindy was how to be organized because she was a really good assistant and all of those things. And even after she left and went out to do something else and I was still there and someone would come to my desk and say, you know, do you know how I can file a, I go, no, absolutely no. Get the <laughs> away from my, <laughs> um, I was like, I was in training and you don't know that. That's the whole thing. There's a beginning and a middle and an end to everything. You don't know when you're in the middle, you know? You always mm -hmm. think you're towards the beginning, but the things that I learned, the life that I led, and you know, I mean, because we're both from Wisconsin, we believe that there's still people in Wisconsin with their heads down on the bar and a beer in their hand going, how the heck did the two of them ever amount to anything? <laughs> And it's true. And, the, and, and here's how it happened. We were terrified. And all we did was put one tiny little foot in front of the other. Always, always. Because again, everything you want is right on the other side of that fear. So, I mean, we, we never say uh, yes to these things anymore because it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I want to be reading my book. And Cindy <laughs> wants to be sitting, you know, after dinner with her family. But but we, we said yes to you guys because you are you've accepted the challenge of continuing to make your life a better place for you and for the people around you, the people that you're sharing it with. We knew that you were like-minded. And yeah. um, and that's why we said yes. And that's why we're thrilled that that we're here with you. And the whole idea that, you know, when you were little, it was so easy to make new friends. You know, I have a cookie, you wanna be my friend? Yes, <laughs> you know, but when you get older and you want a, a new friend and there maybe there's that voice that's saying, oh, I don't deserve it. No one's gonna like me, no one's gonna just go, hello. The truth is anybody would be glad to be your friend. And it really is as simple as just saying, wanna be my friend? And maybe somebody will go, no, absolutely not. And you go, oh, okay. And you keep moving on because there's 8 million to trillion fabulous, intelligent women just like us who deserve to be friends and yeah. to be supported by each other. So, I mean, I don't know if we're close to the end. I have plenty to say, but I'm really pleased to be here. Well, you know, that was one of the questions we were going to ask you is um, why, what made you say yes to this? And I you just you made me cry this time that was very flattering thank you either cry or laugh i don't care <laughs> or both <laughs> but, uh, but you you know i i know that you know what i mean you know i mean this, the, the cindy and i we've been friends for so long now that we don't even remember how long we've been friends that's scary but true <laughs> and, more uh, than four decades yeah but when you find uh find a friend who uh who doesn't care if you change for good or for bad, you know, yeah. who's always going to be there for you. Uh, that's a, a great thing to happen in life. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to call you guys up and ask you to borrow money. 
or anything like that. I'm just saying (laughs) when you find, you know, when you find women who are interested in changing themselves and therefore the world around them, that's something worthwhile. That that was what attracted us. I was excited that you guys challenge yourselves to do new things. Yeah. And that's something that we really value. Uh, and so it's, it's just kind of fun to be with other women who want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just want to, I, I, Sarah, I know that I, I know where you're coming from. And I just want to tell you this one story so that you can't say to yourself, oh yeah, you know, Kathy's so different. When I was little, er, uh, my parents made me play the violin. I wanted to play the piano but we didn't have room. Our house was so tiny. And so I came from evidently a long line of fiddlers. So they made me play the violin. I was so, um, I had, my self-esteem was so low. I was so insecure. I was at a lesson. They made me go to these summer lessons when everyone else was swimming and I was playing and my nose started to run. And I was so terrified of the teacher that I wouldn't even stop and blow my nose. I thought about this the other day. I was like, (laughs) he was looking at me like, what the heck? And I wouldn't, and I never stopped. My nose ran. It didn't run onto the violin. Thank God it was just a rental. But I, I was so terrified of all of life that I would not, uh, do anything to step up and take care of myself. And so now all these years later i'm i'm saying that the greatest gift that i gave myself was the knowledge that i have my own back i will not let myself down i will always be there for myself it sounds goofy i know but you know if you confronted me about something now i'd be like i'd either go yeah you're right or no that's not true you know, I give myself the ability to stand up for myself. The, this boundary thing that we're talking about, it's, it really is the key, the key to everything. How to set a boundary without any casualties, including yourself. You know, we've when seen- you talk about, about making friends. You see, I was the kid that was always afraid that the other kids weren't gonna like her cookies. So yeah. even having a cookie wasn't good enough to make friends. Because I was no. quite sure I was going to like my cookies either. <laughs> and as a kid who liked cookies, I would have liked your cookies. <laughs> you a been your cookie friend. will always work for me. Yeah, I was. Uh, my my, my brother likes your cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we we had a crowning party at Cindy's house, and there was a woman there, Victoria, and she was always known as Vicky, who had always been sick. Vicky, who had always been sick. And what she wanted to be known as was Vicky, who's the funny one, Vicky, who's the smart one, the kind one, fill in the blank. And we told her, it's your choice. It's your choice. You don't have to be. People always go, how are you? And she's like, I'm okay. You know, because she'd always not been well, but that's not who she wanted to be. Watch her redefine herself by saying, you know, I, people think of me this way and I don't want that anymore. So I'm yeah. going to pick a new definition for myself. And that's how I'm going to go out into the world. And, and we all get to do you that know, every minute. It's a, a little bit of a fake it till you make it kind of thing, but yeah. it works. And uh, we had a friend who, you know, we said, 
until you have the courage to just, you know, be yourself, walk like you do. <laughs> call me. She'd gone to the grocery store and the guy, you know, the, the bus boy was helping her bring out her groceries and she's walking and he goes, did you hurt your leg? <laughs> and she goes, no, I didn't. And so she called me up and I go, well, I don't know what you're doing, but you know, act as if fake it till you make it and it will, and it will come. And that's the thing. It's a choice. Remember that phrase terminal uniqueness. We all harbor it in our soul a little bit. We all think we're the saddest, the most whatever, but we're, but we're not, we're not, but we're not there. So scuba diving, that's what I'm interested in. Oh, good. Because when you come to St. Croix the first week in January, that's what we're going to do together. We'll do, (laughs) we'll do a discover scuba in the uh, Caribbean sea off of Frederickstead pier. It'll be nice and shallow. We'll get you all geared up and in the water. We have uh, at least, let's see, two dive masters and one instructor on, on the call. So we, you'll be taken care of. Dive rescue. I can. I, I've got dive oh, rescue. and a rescue. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you there go. You. I'm only advanced. Sorry. <laughs> and, and I can. I can. I'm so fluffy that Me I too. can float without moving. Yeah. <laughs> I are all that way. Yeah. I can't sink. <laughs> When, when we had to take our open water, when we were doing our open water classes, you have to tread water for like, as a dive master, I think it was like 15 minutes. You had to tread water for 15 minutes. I was like, well, I'll be fine. (laughs) Got our own flotation devices. (laughs) One year, Jude Carey decided he was going to take us all on a secret vacation and he took us to Honduras and Belize and uh you know everybody was snorkeling and doing things and I I brought my friend Bob who's six foot five big pumped up guy negative buoyancy (laughs) I'm just right on the top with all the bugs and and he would (laughs) drop like a stone and then because everybody in the on the you know everybody on that whole group was really kind of a jerk they'd always come out of the water and go yeah, I just saw a shark over there. Yeah, watch out, you know. So then you're like, oh my God, you know, is that true? Is this yanking my chain or whatever? But because we grew up in Wisconsin, so we're all about water, but we're all about, you know, pond scum water and lakes and frozen, rivers. yeah, frozen water. Yeah. I, I visited Wisconsin one time and I went out on this uh, snowmobile to oh, this, yeah. the middle of this frozen lake and then I ran out of gas. And I started crying and my tears were freezing. <laughs> and I just thought, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. I don't even like, I don't even like the cold, but this is, this is my demise right now with tears frozen to my face. That's Wisconsin. <laughs> we, we, we went to this, um, we went to this bar and we used to do this thing where we would dare each other to do things for ridiculous sums of money. Like, two dollars and 33 cents to so the dare at this this bar in wisconsin was one of them was to go get somebody's helmet because you walk into a bar or a restaurant or whatever and there's a shelf there and there are all these helmets lined up or whatever from these snowmobiles and people (laughs) leave their their keys on the snowmobile so we dared someone a dollar 17 to go get the helmet 
go outside, get on someone's snowmobile and ride around to the front of the restaurant that was all glass. And so there's this woman for a dollar and 17 cents and she's like riding up to the glass and then someone yells, that's my helmet. And someone's my snowmobile. And we're like, we gotta go. We'll take the check. <laughs> it was fun. Wisconsin was you should, fun. You should do that on Drew Carey all the time, but it wasn't me. It was uh, Dietrich. He was the guy with the dark hair. He had the most education of any of us. I mean, truly. And um, but he he was he liked money, and so they would. I remember one time we were at like a supposed to be a dinner in a restaurant, and there was a plate with two giant sticks of warm butter that had been shooting all day, you know? And so Ryan uh, said, I'll bet you 15 bucks you can't eat that butter. And Dietrich, he started oh, scooping that oh, up. I had to go, now I know his wife. I, I go, I'm begging you not to eat that butter that's been sitting there all day. Really? I mean, he's like halfway into it. And then it hit him and he was like, yeah, okay. He didn't really need the, the money that much. <laughs> I mean, they paid us well for the show, you know? <laughs> always doing weird things like that but tracy but, ate a half a stick of butter for a grill yeah. i got a new grill there i did go. it <laughs> i had one hour to eat half a stick of butter and i couldn't mix it with water i couldn't melt it i couldn't put it over popcorn i had to just eat it cold with a spoon and it was so uh, gross I, I could totally do that the yeah. videos that's what awesome. i thought cindy try it if you can do it i'll buy you a grill <laughs> I, hey Cindy, if you can do it, Tracy will buy you a grill. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of motivated now. <laughs> Cindy like, probably has really ridiculously expensive grill taste. I'm gonna regret that. <laughs> Don't I worry. Need a Traeger smoker grill. <laughs> I have one of those, and I love it. Oh, I think we have to go to LA and have some smoked meat at Kathy's. <laughs> I bought it for the boyfriend husband as a birthday present. And I had been out of town. And then when it came in, he was so cranky. And he goes, oh, great. Another thing that's uh, that you're giving me that's going to cause cancer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, smoked meat, kill you. I know. And of course, he, he never learned how to use shaped it. shaped like a pig? No, mine's not. Mine's just regular barrel oh. shape. But there was one shaped like a pig there. I bought it in the Mall of America I in Minneapolis and had it, oh but it was just the plain one. But he loves it now, and you know he loves it now. So, so now he's gotten over the, uh, the the fear of cancer. Yeah, yeah. loopy. Smoked ribs are way tastier yeah. than the fear of cancer. Yeah. Do you do you have one person who you refer to as your boyfriend husband, or do you have one of each? Because yeah, I know. I know, right? I should be so lucky. Oh, please, there's, no, there's not two of them. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's one guy and okay. been together for like t almost 25 years. And uh, it just sounds so dumb to call him my boyfriend. You know, I mean, we're, we're, I remember one time we went to couples therapy and the, the therapist said, you're more committed than most married people I know. <laughs> I don't get what the problem is, you know, but we just, we won't get married, but we've been together all the time and we're both only children. And uh, so we were bred for pandemic and oh, yeah. uh, we just like to entertain ourselves and we're good with solitude and, you know, it's, that worked out really well. So. I was thinking two guys sounds like a lot of work. So yeah. oh, no, no kidding. Unless one of them lives on the East coast or something, no. but no, 
no, he's just, I don't know. I mean, what do you call someone who's your partner, your life partner without saying life partner, boyfriend? I have a friend who's been with her whatever for like 12 years and they have two kids together and she's just like, it depends on the day. And I think how mad she is at him as to whether it's boyfriend, fiance, husband, it just is like, she, she just is (laughs) every day. It's a different thing. So I think what'd you say, Sarah? I like boyfriend, husband, husband, boyfriend, boyfriend, husband. I think it either. I say it either way, you know, or you could just say that dude, that that guy, (laughs) dude, that other dude. I heard him call me the better half the one time. Well, he's right. (laughs) What, you know? But could you imagine having someone being engaged to someone for 25 years and still still calling them your fiance? (laughs) So my boyfriend and I, we've been together two and a half years now, um, but we have a wedding date set for December 21st. Okay. (laughs) We decided if we're still madly in love with each other by then, we're we're going to go ahead and get married. What yeah, was that? Put that in my calendar. I said, way to make a commitment. That's right. <laughs> so have we have been recording now for an hour and we want to be respectful of your time. I could talk okay. to you ladies all night. Like literally I could do this all day. Well, once but... you wind us up, it's hard to stop us. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. You can always invite us back on a different topic. So <laughs> But oh my gosh, we totally will. And I'm yeah, not kidding about the week in St. Croix. First week I hope of you weren't kidding about that, Kathy, because it's done. Like right now, there are at least three or four of us thinking, oh, what, what's the next topic going to be with them? And we yeah. probably have <laughs> already three or four different ideas. So no, we, no, we're, we're, we're here. Because one of the things that this, I, I, I've had a, a, you know, we don't have to go on and on about this, but I've had a really rough couple of years where I've had an enormous amount of loss, um, some, some kind of cataclysmic loss. And um, through the Facebook Lives that we've been doing each week, we, we've been doing them and other people think we're doing them for them. I'm really doing them for me. It's really the way that I'm like coming back to creativity and coming back to life. And, um, and so by agreeing to do this with you guys, it's just another step for me personally um, to come back to life and just to admit that I'm going to live. And although those in my life did not, um, I still have to find a way forward. And so this is really joyful for me. Well, I hope it put you out of your comfort zone a little bit too then. That would be awesome. That would be like icing on the cake. I know. Well, it did because <laughs> I could not get my earrings in. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like to be on camera without my earrings. <laughs> See, I actually put some in. I don't normally. I, I'm very I impressed. My... I, the whole time we yes, were here, yes. I was sitting here going, and I don't have my earrings in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I couldn't, I cannot get one through this hole. I didn't wear earrings the entire, I've had my ears pierced since I was, you know, nine or something. But one of them just straight in. And then, and I have all these beautiful earrings, but then this one, I was like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> every, every couple of days I'll try, ah, I can't get it through. So I guess I'm not wearing them right now. <laughs> I don't know. 
So but, before we go, I want to ask you ladies one more question. The, since you know the book is what 10, 11 years old now, is there any, if you were to re-release it today, is there anything you would add to it? Hmm. I think, uh, you know, that's funny. I don't think so. But um, maybe I just, I, we believe that, that uh, you should celebrate your life with cake. So I think maybe I'd put in a cake recipe. I, like I don't, that. I don't know, but you know uh, what? I can help you come up with one. I love to bake cake. You do. <laughs> See, the reason that Cindy and I like to travel together is because we, uh, we both have the same food sensitivities and allergies. So we don't do gluten, no grains, uh, no alcohol, no, uh, and I can do no dairy or soy and Cindy on occasion will flirt with dairy, but um, I think that we'd bottom line the end of it with that phrase that you don't have to be 21 to have your whole life ahead of you. And again, yeah. the, the things that, that I learned when I was a kid and the one that I've realized is you're not born knowing how to be happy. Happiness is a choice right. that you have to actively make every day. And yeah. on our live uh, show last Thursday, we're, we're having May is celebrate yourself month. And people were saying, well, how do you do that? So we said, for just for the next three days, for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the morning, when you wake up, look in the mirror, make eye contact with yourself and say, what can I do today to make you happy? I just like for that. three days, just do it. And um, I think that I would put that challenge in the back. I don't yeah. know. Would you add anything, Cindy? I, I think that's a good idea. We we found out um, it, over these 10, 11 years, 12 years on Facebook with the, we post every single day um, that people are, women in particular are reticent to um, admit that they're fabulous. You know, that, that, that we, we feel that that's selfish. And so we keep taking, talking about, let's take the ish out of selfish. And remember that when we celebrate ourselves and, and really um, call out what we admire about ourselves and what we think is wonderful about ourselves, that we give other women permission to do that too. So it's kind of a service to, um, to celebrate yourself. Yeah. It's so, so funny because while we've been reading your book together, we keep sending each other messages on can you believe this is what the, the what they're saying in the book right now because this is what we were just talking about yeah. so last week our challenge has been every day to list five things about yourself that are awesome and i feel like um elsie and murray feel like they just changed our challenge like we had the challenge written i feel like they just changed it <laughs> so i wrote down what they said i think that should be our new challenge of the challenge week. of the week yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like mirror. that. I was thinking the same thing, Tracy. Yeah, look in the mirror. What can I do today to make you happy? I yeah. like that challenge. It's not easy. And you have to make eye contact. And the first, you know, the first two or three times I did it, I, when I made <laughs> eye contact, I'd burst into tears. It's like I never really looked at myself. You know, I was always like checking my hair, or my clothes or whatever, but I made eye contact. I was like, <gasps> I love you. I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> like that. But it, it, you know, life is a choice. It's just a choice. And really everything, every part of it. And we, I noticed somebody had stolen one of 
one of our queenisms yet again. And it was the realization that, you know, life is what it is and it's how you react to it that uh, makes your life a good place to be. You know, I totally paraphrase what we wrote. We, we but keep finding some of the things that we've written on Etsy for sale on, yeah. on jewelry or, you know, <laughs> on posters that people are, are making. And it, on one hand, you should be flattered. On the other hand, you just want to be credited. Right. I, I well, agree with that 100%. We'll credit you on our challenge of the week. Oh. But <laughs> if you don't mind, I would love for us to use that challenge. I love I, that. I'd love you to. Go for it. Here's we'll my definitely favorite. credit you. Thank you. Here's here's my favorite. Uh, it was my favorite. Who knows who wrote it? And I saw it in jewelry on Amazon at, on the same place where I saw our stuff written on jewelry. But this one, it was uh, uh, fate whispers to the warrior. You will not survive the storm. And the warrior whispered back, I am the storm. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, you bet. And then I bought that bracelet for everybody I knew and yep. the keychain and everything and probably somebody somewhere wrote that yeah just, and just right. going, why i might not be accredited yeah <laughs> but, I lo- but i love the idea that something saying you're not going to survive this yeah because of this storm is so bad but no i am the storm yeah That's yeah awesome. i love that too yeah i do too you can get it on a bracelet or a keychain <laughs> 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 like probably 999 <laughs> yeah, exactly it's something really cheap <laughs> otherwise i wouldn't have bought it for everybody i know but, uh, yeah, i love it and the keychain did fall apart but <laughs> well i want to thank you ladies again this has been such a, a oh my gosh i like i said i could do this forever this has been such a fun conversation with you it's kathy kinney cindy rats Rats laugh. Perfectly. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And let's thank our sirens for being here tonight. Our new guest siren is trying on her new light orange tail. We have Sarah, Lauren, and we have Jess and all the way from St. Croix, we have TC and I am Mer. Let's leave our challenger or our listeners with a challenge for the week. We want you to look yourself in the mirror in the eyes make eye contact with yourself and ask yourself what can i do today to make you happy and we want you to do this for three days in a row and then we want you to report back to us by hashtagging the siren soapbox and until next time dive in stay curious and be happy Love that. Thanks, friends. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.